Boop. ASMR action. Just a little, a little uh, last little Patrick eating dinner. Swallow of food. Some slurping. Yeah. <laughs> I do, definitely slurp. <laughs> I will say that I used to be a I used to really dislike slurping or like like chewing noises. Oh, yeah. But I realized that that's like I think a really privileged American thing because I think doesn't in a lot of cultures it's not like you chomping with your mouth open, but it's like it's not so I think frowned upon or looked down upon as I feel like I don't know. Yeah, no, I feel like in, in Korea, like it was. I feel like we've learned that at some point. Or maybe oh, somebody said the that. noodle slurping. Yeah, the yeah, noodle like a noodle slurp. Almost uh, recommended. That's yeah. just how you right. eat noodles. Exactly. They don't chop them up, so yeah, they're just they're just super long, and you've got chopsticks, and like, why would you use chopsticks and knife with the bones and the broth, you know? So yeah, well, I think just... that was the thing when I was growing up. I think it was slurping of anything, of any kind, soups or noodles yeah. or whatever uh, yeah. it might be, was frowned upon. I think that's yeah, just yeah. A, just an American thing. You should just uh, take it as being polite that you like it that much. You're listening to The John Chi Show, hosted by three Korean-American adoptees diving headfirst into what it means to be adopted, Korean, American, and more. And now, here's your hosts, Nathan, Patrick, and KJ. Uh, okay, welcome back to The John Chi Show. I am your host, KJ, along with co-hosts Nathan and Patrick. What's up, fellas? Preposition. Is it? Wow, that was a very long pause for that <laughs> really well, bad I had to joke. Fact check you. I had to fact check you in my brain, and now I, I don't think up is a preposition. I think it's just a... <laughs> I don't know. A word? Sorry, that's a really bad old joke that I used as a. As You're a, a bad kid. old joke. You're Ooh. a high flying oh. joke. Oh. 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 Nice. Good save. Oh. Good save. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. fine, by the way. I'll cry right. after the podcast. <laughs> well, you're sick, so. Uh, in case you didn't know by the episode that you decided to download, if you happen to, I don't know, maybe one of your friends started hitting play and said, listen to this. Uh, but if you didn't know, this is the John Chi show. John Chi means to feast or to celebrate. It's a Korean word. And that's what we're doing here on the show. We are three Korean adoptees chatting about our intersectional identities and celebrating uh, what it means to be Korean, American, adopted, male, uh, everything in between. I don't know, man. That's, and, that's, what, and that's what the show is. Too. Oh, yeah. And we eat food or drink drinks. We, drink. we have some type of... We drink food and eat. <laughs> we we do some Trips. type of caloric consumption at the end of oh, the there show. You go. So that's that's what's up. Um, we, yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds that's great. All. all right. Great. Good, good talk, night. everyone. That's that the great. end. That's uh, the end uh, of no, the show. dang it. I just deleted the... <laughs> dang it. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. You deleted um, the soundboard? I did. I deleted the soundboard. Uh, did it? Did it? Play that what you were going to play? And instead, I deleted it. It's fine. You know? It's fine. Before we get into the interview, I just wanted to say that I watched the pilot of Pachinko on Ooh. Apple TV Plus and Hot Take. I think it's the best pilot I've ever seen. Interesting. Oh. And like pilots are notoriously, you know, bad. They're because they're, they? just, they're just well, they're just hard. You know, like they're almost they're like the worst. I think pilots are like the worst of a TV show because they have to do so much lifting and get yeah, you to like sure. fall in love with the character and set up the engine of the show and like tell you what the show is going to be about and what you know what I mean? Like it's just a lot hard. of expectation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they put a larger budget into the pilots though, too. So sometimes they're a little bit better. May I mean, yeah, maybe I just like 
you know, the writers haven't figured out what the show is and whatever, but uh, Pachinko Pilot was really strong. Hmm. And have y'all watched it, heard about it? I think I sent you the trailer, but I don't know. Uh, I saw it on my feed to watch it, but not have not had a chance. Uh, I have been deliberately staying away because I want to read the book. Mm. Um, I knew that this was coming out soon. And so I asked my Instagram followers whether I should read the book first or just dive into the show. <clears throat> and the overwhelming majority said that I should read the book first. However, many people who said that I it didn't matter whether I read it first or not, that I could go into uh, just having I could read and, and watch at the same time. Some people said I should r- at least read the beginning of the book or listen to the audiobook, like part of it. Um, and so I have chosen to stay away at this time. I haven't even really watched the trailer, just like very small snippets that I've seen and scrolled past. Right. So I'm uh, trying to get a copy of the book and read that before I dive in. I didn't even watch the trailer, so I technically don't know anything. I don't even have any clue what it's about. So, Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, we, I think we've actually talked about it on the show cause I listened You've to talked it about it probably, before. Yeah. 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 So basically for you and for our listeners, it's just a, it's a historical fiction set in, uh, Japanese occupied Korea. And it, it kind of spans like Korea and Japan and America, but it's like from, I think it's from like 1910 to 1990. So basically all of the 20th century and it just kind of follows a family and, uh, like what life was like and i don't know it's it's really really good it was the first like proper piece of literature that i had read in a while and i was like oh man i forgot what good like literature is like you know i don't know like, i don't know like i don't know if y'all feel like that when you, you read made books. literature sound really highbrow <laughs> the way you, yeah, that's why that's why I did, but, but because it is like, it is kind of like a highbrow thing it's really accessible and i it's i think it's a gripping story and really wonderful but it was just like you know just slightly more elevated than some of the other stuff that i was reading you know or listening to um but yeah i think it's really good for me it it helped me i think understand like some of the more some of the greater historical context between especially korea and japan but really just i mean if you're interested at all in uh hit like world history like some of the the parts that we don't hear as much from the american perspective um of you know like world war ii maybe some of the korean war and some of that stuff like it was i don't know it's just all really interesting um so yeah i think it's really really good and the i don't know patrick for your sake if you can watch and read at the same time because the timelines are different oh okay so like you would be kind of you'd like if you watch the pilot and read the first couple of chapters of pachinko you'd be like wait what's happening you know so they had to like reorganize for the yeah, show because it's i think it makes more sense to do like if you're going to interweave stories like they kind of like mess with the timeline in the show whereas like the book is just kind of linear which i think sure. is really nice uh for both mediums you know but it's just like one of those things that i don't know that you could do the same thing like i don't know that you could do them concurrently but so does it have anything to do with gambling it does in that um pachinko is like the backdrop okay of the family oh so it's like a it's more like a location than it is like a it's like a i don't know yeah it's like a, a location and like a way of life without like it's but it's not like a oh yeah this yeah. family was like a high stakes poker players and, yeah. you know it wasn't right. like it's not like that but it's included you know? somehow yeah 
That's yeah. interesting. Because when I heard like, that title, I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. I still have a, a pachinko ball, actually, that I took from uh, from Japan from my one trip there. <laughs> that I stole. Wow. So I stole. <laughs> I don't wow. Know stole it from I don't know the if you can consider it stealing because you're paying for the balls <sighs> to play the game. Right, so yeah. technically, yeah. I bought it. Yeah. But, <laughs> Just say you stole it. <laughs> Just admit it on air. Drive Just it like you stole it. it. I get the Japanese police going to come, you know, over to my house now because <laughs> I stole one ball. Um, yeah, anyways, <laughs> I'm really excited for it. It looks gorgeous. No, um, yeah, it looks really great. And I have only heard, I think the first time I heard of the book was actually when you mentioned it, that you were reading it. And I was like, that sounds very interesting. And I've only ever heard that it's a masterpiece, essentially, of literature. So literature. I definitely want to get my, <laughs> my hands on it. So that's the next book I'm planning on reading, even though I have 10 on my shelf like behind me books to read, that yeah. are like, yeah, I've literally pulled them out so, so they're sticking out so faster. I know that I have to read those. <laughs> and <laughs> just taking my time, taking yeah. my sweet time. Yeah, I just, I'm really excited about it. I think besides it being like a good historical look into Korea and Japan and those relationships, uh, something that's unique about watching the show is like a lot of it is subtitled because they're speaking in Korean mm-hmm. or Japanese. And so they, like Apple TV does this nice thing where the English language is white korean is yellow and japanese is blue and so you can see like when they intermingle korean with japanese because you see like yellow with a bunch of blue or blue with a bunch of yellow and those kinds of things you know what i mean like so it's like it's yeah it's really interesting to hear and i think it it just like really wonderfully and i've literally only seen the pilot but we're excited to keep watching it but like it just really i think shows some of those dynamics you know in a way that you don't necessarily understand um just reading it or just seeing it like because you know it's not like we speak korean or japanese fluently but like you hear those bits and bobs combined in a way that i think is really interesting and yeah i don't know man i'm i'm really excited to keep watching it so uh listeners if you have read the book if you are watching the show uh talk to me because i want to i want to talk to people about it i'm i'm curious and excited to hear feedback and see how it does because i just i think it's so so well done so Call yeah. in to our voicemail and Ooh. leave us a voicemail about yeah. your thoughts on Pachinko. The book, the adaptation, anything anything to do with Pachinko. The game, let us know. it's fine. <laughs> 972-677-8867 if you want to leave that voice note. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think it's, I think it's a, a story of, of resilience, of Han, if you will, um, and, and a, a real exploration of what it means to be korean what it means to survive what it means to thrive in the midst of uh forced blending of identities maybe forced assimilation and and staying true to who you are which i think uh leads really nicely into our interview today um with rick because of really his conversation with us and his story with us about reckoning with being uh mixed race korean american and adopted and really all of that goes into it and i don't want to give too much of it away just because it's i don't know it's it's just so engaging i how did y'all feel i mean i could tell but like even now having sat with the interview how did you how do you feel about it? how do you think about it um a couple of days removed <laughs> i thought nathan was gonna jump in there um i just having sat down to like re-listen to the episode as i was editing it um i found that Again, very engaged. I felt like I wasn't I wasn't editing so much as I was just listening to him retell this story because there's so many different 
things that are going on um, that I feel like we haven't, and we mentioned this during the interview, but haven't really talked about on our show before, just because we not really had the privilege of speaking to somebody who sits at the intersection of so many different identities and so many different things that are happening. So um, I'm really excited for everybody to hear this conversation because it is just another in a diverse set of voices that we've been able to have on the show. And I think it really enhances everything that we've done so far. I concur. <laughs> nice. Classic. Nathan Do you concur? <laughs> Do you concur? Why didn't I just concur? <laughs> All right. Well, without further ado, here is our conversation with Rick Allen. Hey. Welcome back to the John Chi Show. We have a fantastic interview lined up today. Rick Allen is joining us. Rick, thank you for joining us. And where are you joining us from? I am in Arlington, Virginia. Arlington, Virginia. We've got a few. We've had a few guests from the show from Virginia. I don't know if we've Arlington, the DMV. Yeah, as we learned in Arlington's in that though, right? Oh, it is it. Yeah, Arlington is. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, Arlington city or county borders DC. Um, yeah. I could. It's where the probably... cemetery is. Yes, exactly. Oh. oh, yeah. All right. See, I don't know. I don't. Oh. I don't. I haven't been out east very much. So, well, Rick, very happy to have you. I feel like the first time we connected was on Clubhouse, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, it may yes. have been on Instagram via the show, but I feel like I'd seen you in our rooms or in the rooms that we were hosting uh, quite a bit. And I don't know. Did we? Did we connect and have some conversations then? I apologize for not remembering from the <laughs> multitude. Do I know you already? Yeah, I just I'm forgot. Like, I know Rick, but I feel like, <laughs> and I heard your voice, and I'm like, I recognize your voice. I was watching your videos earlier, but I just wanted to make sure, like, um, as we go into this conversation, that I'm not forgetting anything. I don't think I don't think there's anything uh, anything specific or landmark um, that that either of us are missing, really. Um, I mean, at the time when I was most active on Clubhouse, I was in Ohio. Um, okay. My daughter, my daughter had just had was born in August, and um, uh, we spent my wife and I spent about six months in Ohio after we got back from Belgium. Um, and uh, so, I wait. Can you explain I, that for me? So you were yeah. in Ohio and you were. We're in so, Belgium, but where was your daughter born? <laughs> so she was my, my daughter was born in Ohio. My wife is from from the Cleveland area, okay. and um, but we had been in Belgium. We lived in Belgium for four years. Um, she works for the federal government, and we were mm. posted to in Brussels. Um, cool. Oh, she works and, for the American federal government, not yes, for yes. The, <laughs> the government of Belgium. Okay, yes, uh, and uh, so yeah, our tour ended in June. Um, and we came back, uh, went to Ohio, um, cause we don't own any property and her parents live there. So we stayed with her parents. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I found myself getting more and more involved in like online stuff like clubhouse. And that's how I ended up there. That makes a lot of sense. And now that has, that's given me a little bit more ammo for some of the questions that I have later. Um, <laughs> okay. I like it. I like it. Um, anyways, so how we normally start these off, if I'm not rambling, is that we ask our guests to share as little or as much of their adoption story as you'd like. So um, if you want to, uh, go ahead and share a little bit about your adoption story. Absolutely. Um, I was born in uh, Incheon. Um, I am half Korean, half black. Um, my 
so when I, I, I was 16 when I learned I was adopted. Um, and, uh, what I learned was, um, so my adoptive parents, my father was in the Marines and he was posted to Seoul, uh, on Yongsan, uh, for two years. And while he and my mother were there, um, they adopted, uh, one older half Korean, half black, uh, girl, um, and then later me, um, she's three years, three and a half years older than me. Um, we're not related, but she's my sister. Uh, and we were both adopted from, um, St. Vincent's home for Amory's and children, otherwise known as father Keens, um, and brought back to the United States. Um, so I found out kind of accidentally that I had been adopted. Uh, my parents, I was my junior year of high school. Uh, my parents, uh, were in the middle of divorcing and, um, I, there, I was asked to scan as you did back in the late nineties, um, into PDF, uh, some forms from court and it listed the three children, two adopted and one natural. Uh, I remember my uh, mother being pregnant with my younger sister. So I instantly knew that it was referring to me and Marja, my older sister. Um, and I was already like an angsty teenager. Uh, my parents were splitting and this was sort of heaped on top of that. Um, I didn't even tell my mother, uh, right away that I knew, um, I told like all my friends and I sort of dealt with it on my own. And then, uh, I was in an argument with my mother that I was losing. And so I had one Trump card to go to and I redirected, uh, to, <laughs> to, 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 uh, you know, essentially like, when were you going to tell me? Um, it was awesome. Uh, so, <laughs> um, sorry, not to I, laugh at your pain, but just like no. the, the, I was in an argument with my mother that I was losing. Just she like, was a lawyer. So deeply 16 years old. And you're just like, yeah. I have this Trump card. Yeah. Yeah. It's not my finest moment. I, I, I admit. Um, and, uh, so I, I didn't really know what to do with this information. Um, and it wasn't until I was like in my twenties where um, I became sort of more interested in like my Korean side, um, and uh, started eating food and like listening to K-pop. Um, and uh, so at the end of last year, I'm fast forwarding. Um, I uh, started a birth, uh, search for my birth mother, who maybe is in Korea, maybe not. Um, and uh, also for my uh, biological father, which I found in a roundabout way through DNA testing. I'm sure we can come back to this. Um, and uh, so, yeah, my, I, it's being, I'm sort of a transracial adoptee in that I'm half black and my parents are black, um, but they're also not Korean. Um, so I don't really have the, I don't have any sort of like Korean background to lean on. Um, so yeah, I guess that's the that's the the uh, abridged version. Um, well, there's a lot more to you're... Yeah, oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> like, I, mean, uh, I had a little bit of a delay there. My, I apologize. No, it. it um, well, I, I'm 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 sure that you have you have questions I don't want to get in front of um, after you've watched uh, some of the videos. Um, so I, I, I will cede you the floor. <laughs> it's all good the floor is yours you sir we are just here to yeah. lift it up lift it up with you there and to amplify your voice so 
I appreciate one. I appreciate you sharing um, <clears throat> your story and coming on. What is going on with my voice? I uh, got that bubble. Uh, in your throat. I got that bubble right there in the back from, of my throat. Um, the ramen. And <laughs> I feel like even from the your guest form, I feel like there was just a lot to unpack. And I think that the first thing that stood out to me that you you know you touched on a little bit was that technically you are a, a late discovery adoptee. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Now, I'm not uh, an LDA, and I can't say when the late descriptor comes into play. So, like, <laughs> when you find out you're adopted. Because the people who I know who are late discovery adoptees found out well into, like, their late 20s, 30s. Mm. Like, oh, it was wow. a long time in between. Whereas you found out at, at 16. Um, and so, you talked a little bit about that happening at a moment in your life where a ton of other stuff was happening. Um, and so this is just kind of like the icing on the cake, I guess, of the terrible (laughs) storm that you're enduring at the moment. Um, terrible cake. You said that you had, (laughs) it's a fruit cake. Like you found out in a roundabout way and you were going through all this and didn't want to, didn't want to bring it up with, uh, your adoptive parents. So you said you kind of dealt with it on your own, dealt with it with your friends. I was wondering if you could share a little bit about what that if you remember what that process was like uh, for you knowing that you had to be withholding and i'm assuming in a way to protect yourself but also that you also have to find ways to move forward uh with this drastically life-altering information so i'm wondering you know how you navigated that uh keeping it from your adoptive parents but like working through it with your other support group um it was all sort of matter of fact um i you know i would tell one sort of one friend at a time, like, Hey, you know, I'm adopted. And I guess, you know, you don't really know how to, how to receive that information um, as like the person who's being told. And so there were just like questions about, um, you know, how I uh, like what, how I felt about it. And um, you know, like how I was, how I just, how I was feeling in, in general. And I think because I was a teenager at first there's that bit of like sort of betrayal that you feel. Um, cause you know, you, you, you're, you think you grow up thinking like you're all your life to that point, you know, I'm, um, my parents, uh, offspring. And then suddenly you're, you're not. And the one thing that, that I, I wondered f- for a long time is like, why didn't they tell me, you know, they had so many opportunities like years to tell me, um, and, you know, people would ask me that. And at the time I, I, I didn't, I didn't really know. Um, and one of the reasons that I was keeping it from my mother is I didn't know how to enter into this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I wish I had some sort of inkling before, uh, before it actually happened cause it wouldn't have happened in the way it did. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's, it's just, how do you, how do, how do I begin this conversation? That's, that's going to be difficult. Um, and well, it's I, been I like thrust to, upon you too. It's not like you were like had the decision to like find yeah. out. It's just like been foisted upon you. So how do you, as a teenager, how do you navigate that? You know? It's yeah. Really uh, you know, it's funny. My, I had one friend in particular um, who would joke as I guess kids do that. Like my mother had had like an affair with like an Asian man because the, my, my eyes are like my most Asian feature and th- they didn't come from either of my parents. And I always thought, you know, well, my mother is multiracial. 
Uh, she has some um, Native American, uh, some white. She's very fair skinned. Uh, so I guess to see them together with me, it was feasible that I could be their kid. And so mm-hmm. I never had any any thought that I wasn't, uh, I guess, except for the eyes. Um, and so when when I finally did tell my mother, she was like, you know, OK, well, how do you like how are you like feeling about this? Like, do you have any questions? And I, and I, at the time I didn't really, cause I had sort of processed it on my own. Um, sure. uh, and so that actually, I guess made the conversation a lot easier <laughs> in a way. Cause I didn't have any, any, any questions really to ask at the time. And I wasn't being made to talk about it. You know, um, it wasn't someone sitting me down and saying, you know, okay, I wanted to tell you for a very long time, you're adopted. And then now at that moment, I have to talk through it. Right. Uh, I got the chance to do it on my own terms. Just as a random question, uh, what was like the, the, the diversity of your friends that you were uh, telling this to? Were they, um, <laughs> um, did you have any Asian friends or mostly white, black? I mean, yeah, uh, I did. Um, the joke was that we were the United Colors of Benetton. Uh, <laughs> I had, um, <laughs> So I have uh, my closest, my best friend is uh, is half white, half Japanese. Uh, a friend who's um, half Pakistani. I mean, they were white. We, it was McLean High School, uh, which is in a mostly white area. Um, uh, but uh, there, we had um, a, a, a like Persian friend, a, a Taiwanese friend. Um, so it was it was it was a, within our little cluster. It was diverse, um, but on the whole. Uh, like the whole population was, was not. Um, but I mean, it suddenly gave me like a, almost like a, like a Asian sort of brotherhood. <laughs> yeah. I was sure. curious if it made you feel different after you found out, did it make you feel closer to some of your friends, uh, who were Asian or even closer to the, just the Asian community or idea of learning more about the community? Uh, I think that came, that came later for me. Um, I, 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 once I be, once I started to get in touch more with my Korean half is when I started feeling more of a connection with like Asian culture as a whole. Um, I don't even know why, why it took me as long as it did. Um, but but when it started happening, it was like the floodgates opened. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it sometimes takes a long time for people who you know, physically look Korean and like, you know, ourselves. So it's not always just knowing it's, it's just when you're ready, I think. Well, and I think the, I think another thing too, and this is something we haven't really had an opportunity to explore on the show because we haven't really had many uh, mixed race, specifically black Korean adoptees on to have this discussion. And I think not only are you a mixed race ad- uh, adoptee, but a late discovery adoptee in a sense. And I think, you not only were you like, okay, I have like this whole other part of my identity that I have to go through, but unlike the the three of us, you're also navigating the world as a black man as well. Did you feel like you were doing a lot of that identity work just from like a black cultural aspect at that time? I've I was sort of brought up with with black culture, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've in a way, I think I, I, I'm over the past few years, especially sort of 
feeling like I'm abandoning it because I'm so concentrated on on mm. like the, on like mm-hmm. Korean culture and learning more and more, especially because um, we're moving to Seoul uh, for my wife's job in August. Oh, dip. Um, and so it's. I, I'm, I feel like I'm trying to make up for lost time, you know, and, and yeah, taking sure. as much as I can. I started learning and I'm, I'm taking Korean language classes and it's a lot. Um, I, I don't know why, why it was put aside. I don't really have an answer. It's just become super important now. Um, well, I mean, and, not to like, not to just like write your own history. So, but from, from my perspective, like thinking about my own journey, I wonder if it's not like, like, so, so part of my understanding myself as Asian American has really been to look at the conversations that the black community is having, that the indigenous American community is having, that the like Latinx community is having, like those conversations and think about, okay, so like, especially for like East Asians, we're just like, oh man, people of color, what does that mean? You know, whatever, like all of this like we have our own set of of things, right? Whereas I think if you are like, I mean, definitely if you're a black person and living in America, if I mean, essentially the browner you are, the more at risk your life is, right? For literally just being alive. And so I wonder if it wasn't just a matter of like, so you are black, your parents are black. And so like, while there might be some discrimination, maybe some like colorism talks and stuff within that, you're just like, here's what you need to do to survive. And so we're going to mm-hmm. raise you in this culture and prepare you to live and survive in the world because we want to see you be a healthy, growing human boy, you know? Um, so I wonder if that's not part of that. And now the now that the pendulum is, you know, maybe quote unquote, swung not like not that it's really swung anywhere but maybe for you internally as you felt like okay so i i am ethnically korean which does make me asian american and now that asian american lives are are uh prominently threatened culturally and you're like okay so now i've got to like not only i think bring my own training and preparedness as a black person but also being like well, how, what are the things that I can celebrate about being Asian? I don't need two identities that make me feel afraid to be alive. I would actually like to celebrate who I am. And so, you know what I mean? And so I wonder if that's kind of the pendulum that you're feeling inside of yourself and be like, is there anything good right now? Can I, can I just laugh yeah. a little bit? Yeah. Um, that makes sense. You know, I, I, when it was hard being overseas when, like the George Floyd protests were happening and then just like thinking like, Oh, like all this stuff in the U S is going on and I want to, I want to be there. You know, I want to, mm-hmm. like, I want to be a part. I want to try to make uh, a difference. And I was sort of like marooned and, and there, there were <laughs> like black lives matter protests in Brussels um, mm-hmm. that were actually surprisingly uh, well attended um, cause I mean, Brussels specifically, but Belgium as a whole is, is decently diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I understand why there were, why there was like an impact, uh, felt there. Um, and yeah, it, it, it does sort of feel like to varying degrees over the past few years, there's been a lot more like awareness on the 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 struggle that you you go through um of in various ethnicities and i guess i'm kind of lucky in a way because i don't appear as asian as 
uh, a lot of other uh, multi-racial Koreans, never mind like full-blooded Koreans. Um, and so I don't know that a lot of people would think that, oh, like he's Asian uh, and I would necessarily feel discrimination uh, yeah. otherwise. Yeah. Um, but, but I know, you know, I know that I am. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's, um, it's been, a, it has been a particularly difficult, uh, few years from that perspective. Um, and yes, uh, it is nice to have like something to, to celebrate. I, I made, uh, Chuseok a dinner for my, uh, my wife and her parents, my in-laws. Um, and that was like, it's great to like cook a bunch of Korean food and, and have them try it for the first time and to be there for their actual reaction. Um, <laughs> stuff like, stuff like that is stuff like that is, is, is really, is really good to have. You said that your or I saw on your forum again, that your sister really found her way into her Korean culture and the Korean culture and, and her heritage. Um, I don't know if it was early on, uh, but at a certain point where she really leaned into it and she even started like her own cooking show. Uh, mm. wrote a cookbook, uh, yes. did a bunch of different things. Um, yes. so, and it sounds like, you know, you've really picked up on that aspect of, of cooking and at least leaning into that part. I was wondering if during her journey, there were any specific moments that stood out to you that acted maybe as catalyst for you to start taking those baby steps. Um, even whether or not you were in Brussels at the time that some of this was going on or, or whenever that, that beginning of that journey was. <sighs> Um, I don't know if she knows that she's really like encouraged me, um, to the extent that, that she has. Um, but so she, uh, was her show was, um, the kimchi chronicles. It was on PBS. There was like a one season and there's a companion cookbook called, uh, the kimchi chronicles. Um, and like the first time I made Korean food, it was recipes from her book. Um, and, you know, I, watching episodes of the show, like encouraged me to like try different foods. Cause the first time I had kimchi, I was like, what on earth am I eating? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's an acquired taste. And, yeah. um, and That's I mean, of course it's like, I, I eat it now and, and like all kinds of, uh, kimchi. Um, but it, it her, her show encouraged me to be more open uh, when it came to, um, Korean food. Um, now at the time that I learned that I, I had, that I was adopted, she was living, um, in New York city with her biological mother. <laughs> um, oh, wow. yeah. Uh, and so, she, I mean, she was three and a half or so when she was adopted. So she's, she's always known. And she speaks mm. of like having sort of sensory memories, uh, like the, f- like the first time she had like certain Korean foods, like she would remember like things from Korea. Um, and so she, like I was, uh, later furnished with this like folder of documentation surrounding our adoptions. And, um, so used that to find her mother. Um, and she, she has to this day, a, a relationship with her, um, uh, in 2019, um, my wife, uh, had a, like a temporary, uh, like a short term job in Korea in Seoul just for, uh, a month. And so I went, uh, for a week and it was my first time in Korea since 
being adopted. Um, and so spent a lot of time, my sister came over, uh, spent a lot of time with her biological mother, her mother's sister, her aunt, uh, her cousin. She has like a, sort of a, an extended family there. Um, and they were super welcoming and, um, they're very excited that we're, that we're coming there, uh, in August. Um, so it's, it's, and they were helpful. So we, uh, on, uh, I think my penultimate day in, in Seoul, uh, we hired a car to take us to Incheon and, um, on a hunt for the site where our, uh, where St. Vincent's once stood. Um, it's, it's a church now. Um, and we had, uh, my sister's biological mom and aunt with us. And, um, it's great because, uh, Marja speaks some Korean, but they're native speakers and with their help kind of navigated our way around Incheon and found this church. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I have them to thank for that because if not for them, I don't think we ever would have, uh, so it's, it's, I don't necessarily think that I will ever have this sort of relationship that she, she has with her biological family. Um, but knowing what she's found is a bit of a spur to, to, to try. Mm. Sure. And I think all of those journeys are going to be unique, even if we are adoptive siblings go on a reunion journey and find their way to reunion, you know, even if it, even if I were to go on and my sister did do that and I were to go on it, you know, I wouldn't, I don't think that it would be the same, you know, and the outcomes could be wildly different, you know, all of those, all of those variables. Um, but I think it's really incredible that not only were that you were encouraged by some of the things that she was doing, but, uh, even upon her reunion that her family welcomed you in as well. And, um, that you guys were able or that y'all were able to bond in that way, um, especially to kind of explore Inchon and be able to get to um, the the former former agency of uh, where you were adopted from, and so I guess I have two questions off of that. Um, one, one at a time. What? <laughs> so one at a time. <laughs> yeah, one at a time. Uh, okay. The first one is when you when you went to Korea for that first time. You know, you knew you were going to have a finite period, but being back there um, and having all of this knowledge, what was, what was that moment when you first kind of got off the plane and were, were really felt like you were there for the first time? What was, do you remember the feelings that you had? It, it was, it was like a, it was an anticipation of, of what was, what was going to happen. Cause I stepped off the plane and like I hadn't slept uh, on the flight and <laughs> I, and it was it was like early morning in 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 Seoul and I I was like gosh like what is what is what is this what is this going to be like um because sure. I didn't I didn't ha I didn't allow myself to have any ideas about like what we might do I just wanted to like be there you know and like mm -hmm. eat food and like see some sites but mostly just like experience um uh, experience the city, uh, and, and then on the side, this like little journey to try to find, uh, the St. Vincent site. Um, but it was just, I was, it was like, a, it was like an uncertain anticipation. Um, I don't know. I feel sure. like it's difficult to, to describe. I'm not doing a great job of it. Um, and then like the, so the, my first day there, we went to a lunch, uh, we went to lunch, um, my wife and I, and 
um, it was like the realization that there, I, I don't know how much English I thought there was going to be, but there was like less than that. Um, because we were like, we're like walking down, we're like walking down the street and there are like bars and restaurants and looking for a place to eat. And the, you know, the menus are outside and the first one that had English also is where we stopped. Um, and it was on this trip where I, where I was like, Oh God, I got to learn how to, to like read and to speak. Cause I'm coming back at some point in my life and I want to be able to, to get around it. Getting around was not difficult. Um, because I mean, a lot of places you go, uh, you go in there, and um, the, the staff sees uh, like foreigners walk in, and they sort of huddle together off to the side to decide which one of them is going to come like, over and speak which English. Which one of you has the best English? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and then, and then, and then, and then you're fine. Um, mm. uh, and so, you know, I, it wasn't it wasn't during until like the pandemic where I had a lot of downtime, and I like I taught myself how to read, and then I signed up for classes. Uh, to, to learn how to, to speak. Um, but yeah, I, it was, it, it was kind of weird to, to not have expectations, but I didn't, I, I feel like if I had them, it would have, I would have spent like the whole trip trying to, to reach them. Sure. And, uh, but it was just like, I'm going to a completely foreign place. I mean, I'm from here, but uh, like not really. And so what, like what could possibly happen? Yeah. Right. So endless possibilities. Well, I always exactly. like to ask because I've never been back. You know, KJ has been back and Nathan has been back. And I just like to hear about the different experiences. And when you were saying that you felt like you weren't doing a, jo- a good job of articulating it, I felt like you that in itself was I felt like just you recounting and trying to recall, I think, really spoke a lot of volumes or spoke volumes. I don't know what I'm saying. I mean, a lot of volumes is still volumes. Yeah, is it? Okay. Um, spoke, I mean, it spoke volumes to me because I felt like, you know, in that moment of you trying to like recall those emotions, I felt like that was almost kind of like what you're saying, you know, you went in with no expectations because how can you, because then it's, you're expecting everything. It's, it's, you just don't know what to expect, but you had a lot of anticipation and right. yeah. anticipation. Of, which yeah. I kind of, when I went, um, my first time in Korea was not only my first time in Korea, but it was also meeting my biological family. So uh-huh. I kind of had both of those things to kind of, um, fight against each other where I'm wanting to learn the culture and see Seoul and see Korea and see where I came from. But at the same time, I'm being kind of chauffeured around by my family. So I'm trying to get to know them. I'm trying to hmm. understand a lot about that. And so that was kind of an interesting thing. I, I kind of wish I had gone to Korea prior to meeting my, my bio, biological family, but, uh, but I know I'll be back. So I'll have more time to, <laughs> to do both. I think. Yeah. So that's actually a great segue into the second part of my question, which is actually kind of another two-part question. But I'm going to ask both parts at the same time because I think it works. So, (laughs) um, on in the same vein, like when you went to the the site where Saint Vincent's was uh, originally, um, what were what did you feel at that moment? Like knowing that the building was no longer there, it was something else, um, and you know, even symbolically, a church like was. Was there any spiritual like resonance or anything that what were you feeling at that moment? And then was that small piece of your journey and combined with your um, sister's reunion and being, you know, and staying with your sister's family, was that 
were those things like really the catalyst for like, okay, I'm going to start this birth search. I don't know when, but at some point I'm going to, because I know you said, I think it was last year that you kind of initiated that. Yeah. So we, I, it wasn't like a, like a spiritual thing really. The, the reason I wanted to go is I felt like this, like there is where my life as I know it began. I mean, I was, I was an infant. I was a newborn basically when I was adopted, but um, who knows? I mean, knowing what is well known about um, like mixed race Koreans in Korea and the difficulties that they can face, um, if not for having been adopted by who adopted me, I don't, there's no way to know obviously where I would be, but I was like eternally grateful for it all having unfolded in that way. And so I was, I was like, I need to go there and I see to see it. And we went in and there's still that, that sort of uncertainty uh, about, is this it? Cause you don't really know. And I didn't understand like the address uh, convention and, and it, oh it has God, changed no over sense the, to me. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, this, I think is it. Uh, but you know, I, I don't know. And so we're like sort of wandering around inside and um, we get intercepted by someone who, who works uh, for like who works at the church and, um, and they take us, the guy takes us into an office, um, gives us this book. And it, it's like the chronicling of the history of the church from when it was made, like when it was built until now. And there's, you know, pictures of like parishioners and, um, and, you know, people of the cloth. And then there's a section about like what it used to be. And they're picked and it's, and it's like, Father Keen's like St. Vincent of Ramirez's and there are pictures of the home that stood on the grounds before. Mm. And I, it was, I, it was the first time that I remember feeling like any sort of real, like palpable emotion, like where I could describe it. And mm. I walked out and I sat down and I just started bawling. And, um, my, my sister came outside cause I just disappeared. And then, um, like, I, like uh she hugged me we started crying and it was it was like a sort of like a weight off of my my shoulders it just like i felt like like i've i've done it like i've gotten to where i actually know is like where i came from and um now i can sort of like i can i can from here just like sort of soldier on you know continue on the journey i'm on and it this 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 to answer the second part of your question second third um <laughs> it's, I, the part of fourth I, <laughs> it's the 12th part of his eighth question or something like that uh i i didn't really feel the compulsion so my birth search didn't actually start as a search um when i learned my my wife was pregnant uh i thought i need to find out as much as i can about my health Medical history, history. Yeah. and so mm. yes that's what it's called. Uh, and so I did a, a 23Me test because um, I was like, this is the, like, the best thing, the health focus one that also tells you like if you're genetically predisposed to like cilantro. Uh, yeah, uh, so helpful. Yes. It is very helpful. Yeah. I've uh, scientifically proven I don't like, like cilantro. Ah, I hope my so, child doesn't you. like cilantro. <laughs> well, just for the record, it says I shouldn't, but I do. Um, <laughs> okay. So, Take uh, that, 23Me. Genetics. <laughs> Uh, I, um, so when I, 
when I got the in the, the test back, and it's you know it tells you whether you have like a, I guess a, a chance of an elevated chance of developing Alzheimer's, um, mm-hmm. some other some other things. But a side effect of this was that I had uh, a second cousin, and um, uh, so I, I didn't do much with it at first, but it kept kind of like gnawing at me, and I reached out to him. Um, that determined pretty quickly that he would be uh, related to my birth father. Uh, and, uh, but he didn't. So when I was adopted my um, my adoptive father uh, went on a search for my parents, my mm. birth parents, uh, he found my biological mother um, and he compiled this, like this, like for lack of a better terminology, a dossier um, about, me and my adoption. Um, there's a 20 page, uh, written narrative, uh, of his search for my birth parents, including like in, in like an interview format, uh, of him talking to my birth mother, um, asking her questions about, you know, um, how I was when I was born and about like her history and where she's from and, you know, her parents. And, um, and, uh, so she was, she tells him, uh, my, birth father's name and from then until now basically now is like i thought like this is what his name was and i would occasionally do google searches for him and um come up with nothing and uh so i go to my second cousin from 23 me and i'm like is there anybody in your family tree with this name and he says no and he has like one of those online family trees that has like 100, 200 people in it. And I'm like, well, if this guy's not on here, then then <laughs> where is he? Yeah. Um, so, uh, but he's like, you know, I, I'm, I'll like ask around a little bit, but we don't know. I don't know of anyone um, with that name or anything close. So I was like, okay, I thought, you know, this is a dead end. Um, there aren't, there are hardly any Koreans uh, in my matches on, on uh, 23 and me. Um, but uh, I guess it was sort of festering in the back of my mind. And when um, we moved from Ohio to Virginia in November, um, I did an ancestry test mm. and um, ancestry test um, yielded the same second cousin and a supposed first cousin, but they weren't, they weren't genetically related to each other. And I, mm. I was confused by that at first, but it, it hit me that if I could find out where their trees, family trees overlap, I could find, um, I could find my father potentially. Um, so what I found was, uh, my, uh, grandmother. Um, and she had, uh, I would learn through the second cousin, um, two sons, both of whom served in the military, both of whom served overseas. And I, I was like, what do I do with this information? Um, so you, so I do what any normal human being does. And I Googled them both. (laughs) And I found, uh, I found, uh, one, so one, uh, of her boys, uh, was, uh, stationed overseas at one point in his life um, because the internet has everything. Uh, mm-hmm. I found an email for him and I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to like send him an email. Uh, I was very careful with my wording. You know, you, you may be my biological father. This is how I arrived at this conclusion. <laughs> um, 
And I was like, I hope he reads, it like checks his email and I hope he responds, but I don't want to send like a letter because I don't know if he's, uh, if he's married now, uh, was he married then if it's him and does his uh-huh. like wife know yeah. that he, like so many things I was trying to avoid so many pitfalls. Um, but he didn't respond. Uh, a couple weeks go by and second cousin comes back to me and he's like, um, so her other kid we know uh, was in the army and he was stationed in Korea. And I think it was like the first time in my life I ever heard a record scratch, like, like you, like you do on t- TV. Right. Where I, I was, I was like, Oh my God, you know, what, like is, could this really be? Mm-hmm. So I basically sent him the same email. Um, I changed some things. Uh, and, um, he eventually, uh, a few days later, he responded to me, um, acknowledged that it was possible that he son, he fathered a, a half Korean child. Um, now I have pictures of my biological mother and I know her name, but, um, he didn't remember her name. Um, but it was also you know, 40 years ago. Uh, and, but he like was instantly sort of accepting of having fathered me. Now, since then we've done a DNA test that confirmed it. Um, but my email, I wasn't, I was like, you know, this is, I'm not looking for reunification necessarily. Um, mainly yeah. like I'm a father now and I want to know for my kid, uh, like what she may be genetically predisposed to. And, you know, I want to be able to tell her at some point, like, this is your grandfather's name. Um, he doesn't have any other kids. And that I think is like complicating our relationship a little bit. We haven't actually met, uh, but he, I know that he wants to, um, and that's going, I mean, navigating this is going to be a little bit difficult. Meanwhile, uh, birth mother search is happening in Korea. And so far as I know, coming up with nothing. Um, and I've, I, I never thought that I would, I would find my father because, Mm. I all the information we had about him, the state he was from, his first and last name, um, were turned out to be wrong. Um, and yet yeah, here he is. <laughs> um, but birth mother, we know her, her name. We know what we believe to be her like registration number, but we haven't got anything on her yet. So, um, who knows? Dude, that's a lot. I'm yeah. Yeah. Processing. I'm like, yeah. Thank that's... you so much for sharing all of that. Yeah. yeah. Wild. Um, like you said, I mean, the internet is is fascinating on how much research you can do, and yeah. and in which directions you think you may be going, and then they they have a throw you a, you know throw you a curveball, and you go in a different direction, and that turns out to you know to work out. It's uh, yeah, I mean, at the same time, I know for a lot of people, it can be frustrating, can be amazing, can be surprising, can be, you know, um, just, uh, yeah, it's just a fascinating time. I think we, we live in right now with the, the access to all this information. So, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, I, I found like three different emails for the guy who, um, <laughs> who, who we eventually is, is we learn is my biological father. And I just, it was like throwing, uh, you know, spaghetti at the wall and see if anything sticks. 
uh, <laughs> two two out of three emails bounced back, and the first one, then third one didn't. And I was like, all right, well, I guess we'll see if it's him. Um, yeah, and it and it turned out to be. Um, How are you yeah, this, feeling? I feel yeah. like having gone through this, I'm like, I literally can't even deal with everything that you just told. How are you? How, how are you doing, man? Uh, I think I'm, I think I'm good. Um, I, I, I have, I'm very fortunate to have, I know that sounds very convincing. Uh, <laughs> this sounds entirely I appropriate. Class, I think it's a classic I'm fine situation that we've all, I feel like <laughs> yeah. thrown out at one point or another. Yeah. I'm yeah. Good. I, I occasionally have moments where I, I, I uh, usually like right before going to sleep where I, I'll, I'll say something to my wife that like expressing like some, some, some doubt about like, you know, should I, should I, should I keep on, on this path, you know, or have I done the right thing? Cause one mm-hmm. of the things about, um, searching that put me off, uh, when I was younger is uh, it's not just me. Like if I find, um, one of my birth parents, then I'm suddenly potentially up- uprooting their, their, their life. And I didn't want to foist that on somebody. And I guess at some point my selfishness won out. Um, and, and I, I started, I, I, it's, it's a fulfilling, uh, it's a fulfilling journey. And it, it, I, I know now like where I come from and I have, or at least as far as my, my father's side goes, and I have this enormous, enormous family tree on that side now. Um, but I don't think I would, I would have, I don't think I would be like as at, at peace with everything, if not for my support system, my, my wife, my family adoptees, especially because I've posted about a lot of this stuff on like Instagram and on Facebook where I'm friends with some of the adoptees that I haven't met, but we talk a lot. And from like the Korean American adoptees group on Facebook mm-hmm. um, and uh, where most people when who, who, who have not been adopted or, or, have not adopted, don't know adoptees, find out that I found my, my birth father, their immediate, uh, reaction is, Oh, you know, like, congratulations. That's, that's, that's great. But adoptees are much more careful Timid. about, yeah. <laughs> about like uh, th- the assumption that this is like a great thing. Yeah. It's like, and, I'm like, Hey, but, are you okay? <laughs> are, is yeah, that yeah, okay? Exactly. Yeah. You stepped on a landmine and it's either explosive with like bad stuff or explosive with like confetti. So yeah. I don't it's know. A toss but either way, time. it's going to explode at some point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Interesting yeah. analogy. I've, I've been, I've been really, I'm, I'm really appreciative of, of the community of adoptees that I'm part of for, for a lot of things, but I mean, especially as I've gone through this, like just they, there, there, there are no assumptions about like what I want um, and, or, or how I'm feeling. It's always just a question of like, you know, are you okay? How are you dealing with this? Um, You know, what do you want? Uh, And that's not something that I can get from everybody. Oh, for sure. And I just want to affirm you and the way you've been navigating this relationship with your biological father, because it made me think about um, the last guest we had on. Um, She, when she was pregnant, entered into reunion with her biological mother. 
and is now navigating that as she is a new parent uh, and doing all of these other things, all these life things, and then everything that's happening in society here in America um, towards Asian bodies and, and black bodies and just trying to figure all of that out. And I feel like um, something she talked about that really resonated with me was just this sense of, like you just talked about, you know, adoptees understand that reunion isn't always hooray. It's not always two thumbs up. Great. It is puppies and rainbows. Another step. Yeah. It's another step in this really probably traumatic process of trying to unpack and get to a point of healing, a place of healing, a place that you can now move forward from, um, and in a way that you, that hopefully you want to be moving. And I think that just hearing you share that experience and just hearing about, you know, even like you said, when you turn to your wife at night, that at the end of the day, thinking like, you know, am I doing the right thing or, or how am I doing this? I think just have it, just even asking those questions and having set yourself, it seems like with those, with, with some of those boundaries in this reunion, I think is a really great thing that you're doing because like you said, you know, reunions, not just you, it's also this other person, but it is also you on the flip yeah. side. You know, it seems like he's wanting to press the relationship a little bit more and for you, it's like, I found you because I really just wanted to get biological information, medical history. And now it's like, I, I, because sometimes you don't even think about the other worms that are jumping out of the can that, um, are affected. Now open. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's open. It's wide open. The can is wide open. The worms are spilling out. And so I just yeah. wanted to affirm you in the way that just that, that I took from your story and what I got from this experience that you've been going through so far, because you are just like a new father, a new parent. You guys are getting ready to move to Seoul and do all of that. And we haven't even talked about that move yet. We've only <laughs> talked about the past stuff. Um, and it's a lot. Like, you got a lot going on. And so I think it sounds like you got a great support group around you, a support system. And I just want to uh, uh, add to that support Thank and you. add to those affirmations and just that I, I commend you for navigating all of this all at once and for having done it for a long time. And I think Thank it's you. really, really amazing. Yeah, I appreciate it. So that brings me to kind of Patrick's question. I was going to ask that, um, how, um, are you navigating the future with the move to Korea plus, uh, raising your daughter with this kind of new, well, not newfound, um, I guess because you have known since you were 16, but with this this uh, dual cultures, is there going to be any uh, change in how you raise her or uh, things that you've thought about? Um, so we, we we've we've talked about it and we want her to have exposure to a, a lot of cultures, um, and that's I mean that comes in a way with with the with my wife's job and how it's going to take us from place to place. Mm -hmm. um, speaking specifically of, of Korea, uh, we, <laughs> we had a bake deal for her. Uh, we're going to have a doljanchi uh, cool. before we leave. Um, and oh, we want to... Bake is the, the 100 day celebration, right? Yes. Bakyo. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was like, we, wait, I know that word. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, um, uh, I don't know. It would definitely, I don't, well, I don't think it was like a, your typical historically accurate one. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, dude. Yeah. Uh, it's, it was, like, we did have her in a handbook. So that's like a big thing. Um, and, uh, we, wanna, we version. To, yes, exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of re rewriting, uh, 
the instruction booklet uh, as we go. Modern day, it's fine. We can do what we want. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to judge myself, I think, from here forward. Um, uh, when we get to Korea, we want to put her in like a, in like a Korean daycare. Mm. Um, I don't know how quickly that can happen after we arrive, just to, based on timing and how long it takes to register and all that stuff. But we want her to be exposed to uh, like Korean language, um, particularly because uh, though my wife and I are both taking classes right now, uh, it's really hard. <laughs> and <laughs> when you're when you're you know over thirty, uh, not when you're a, a, a baby uh, into being a toddler and you're brain is a little sponge that soaks up everything. Um, mm. That's the best time to learn. So uh, I think between my wife and her family, um, my wife is, is white uh, and uh, my family, um, she'll be multi-cultured. And I think that's great. You know, here we don't, for example, we don't put a lot of emphasis on like learning other languages. Right. Um, Mm-hmm. I don't know about about you guys, but in uh, in my high school, uh, you needed to take either two years of two different languages or three years of th- three years of one language um, to fulfill your language learning requirement. Um, and then, so I, I I took Spanish and and I, I kept using Spanish, and so I speak Spanish pretty well. Uh, but then I went to Brussels, and like Europeans are on another level when it comes to yeah. learning languages, <laughs> and. I, I have a friend uh, in in Brussels who speaks six, and it blew my mind <laughs> the first time. Like I, because there's English, French, Spanish, Portuguese, German, Dutch. Uh, and I, I, like I can't. It's it's impossible to think of to like conceive of this being a person. And I'm not asking my 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 daughter to speak uh, six languages fluently, <laughs> but you know uh, maybe we can get halfway there. <laughs> mm. Great. That's wild. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, like, so one of the things that I have loved listening to your story and even love reading in your form, and I, I just want to read this for our listeners, um, at the, I don't actually know cause it, it gets resorted, but, um, we have this question, why come on the podcast, right? Because we mm. want to help amplify the story that you want to tell. And, and in fact, it's not even, I don't know that we necessarily, set out this way uh, when we created the John Chi Show, but my favorite question is our first question because it allows adoptees to, with full agency, tell their own story. And that's mm-hmm. become increasingly more important to me. And your answer to why I come on the podcast, you wrote, I want people to know that you can shape your own identity whenever and however you want. Multiracial Koreans may not be seen by some as, quote, real Koreans, but I'm as Korean as I choose to be. And I think... That's just so so wonderful and inspiring and encouraging because time and time again, from your perspective and from the community that you have around you, your story has been about agency and you having your own voice and owning your own voice and people who love you and support you protecting your voice, specifically yours. And I think that that is, is so incredible. And it's it's just this whole story, it's just been so much more poignant and so specific and wonderful. And I'm curious now, I mean, earlier we talked about this whole pendulum swing, right? Of like being raised as a black person in America 
and figuring all that out and like in black culture and whatever, and then having like a super diverse group of friends and then finding out you're adopted and then not really dealing with maybe the ethnic ethnicity of your Koreanness until kind of recently. So looking ahead to going to Korea, how are you planning on blending those two? Are you, are there things that you're excited about things that you're nervous about? Uh, what's your path forward in terms of wrestling with the, your cornucopia of identities? I, I, I don't know. Um, I, That's a great I, answer. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard because I know that, um, I know that, I know that, that racism still exists. Um, and I know that my sister has experienced it a little bit when she was in Korea. And, you know, I know that we have, um, uh, half Koreans like Heinz Ward who are celebrated because he won the Super Bowl, Um, not because of like all the, the like social work that he does in Korea mm-hmm. or has done in Korea. Um, and I have not won a Super Bowl, unfortunately. Uh, well, you, I, what are you doing, man? Uh, uh, yeah, I know. I think it's a little bit late. I'm 41. I don't think. Uh, hey, don't are, hold yourself not... back from your dreams. <laughs> Tom Brady's still doing it. You got. It. You got a shot. Um, I, I go. I go. I'm going there, sort of prepared for. Hmm, I'm anticipating that like anything can happen. Um, realizing that I'm not really prepared for any of it. Um, mm. And that, that I didn't realize was like a thing until I found out um, that I, I got confirmation that my birth father is my birth father. Cause I, you know, I assumed like I thought it was him, uh, but I needed to know. And uh, I was, you know, I, if you think like 99% chance it's him, you, you can, you can anticipate but that I, I realized that I wasn't really prepared for the actual confirmation because like there was all this emotion that poured out of me that I didn't even know was in there. Um, and I, 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 I know that I'll have uh, like my sister's family is in Korea. Um, I have a Korean friend I went to school with that lives in Hong Kong. He comes back, like I'll have people there, but I also want to be like accepted by, by Koreans. And I know that can be uh, a difficult road depending on, on, on the person. Um, And so I don't even know how I'm going to do it. I mean, I want to, I'm like learning to, to, to speak Korean to as best I can uh, before going. And uh, I'm learning about like Korean culture, but I know it's not until I'm there and like meeting people and they're meeting me and finding out who I am. uh, Mm -hmm will I really, will I be, will I find out whether I am or am not accepted? Um, and that's all I, that's all I really want. Uh, and so hopefully, you know, being who I am and is, is enough. Um, but you know, time, only, only, <laughs> only time will tell. Uh, we're going to be staying in a, in a, in a highly American, uh, we're going to be staying on Yongsan. Mm. which is still where most of the Americans um, who are, who are affiliated with the, with the embassy live. Uh, but mm. I, I vowed, I will not allow myself to be uh, 
enveloped in little America. And I got to branch out. Until um, <laughs> so, uh, Itaewon. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good start. It's a, it's a it's a good start. You know, not just because of its proximity, um, but uh, there's a lot more there's a lot more places uh, I want to go and see and 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 meet people and feel more and more legitimately Korean. Mm. Um, but yeah, time will tell. To, I, I don't know. I wish I had a better answer than, you know, I'm just going to go there and I'm going to see, uh, but that's how it, that's how it feels. Cause I, I can't, uh, no, I, I mean, don't want I to think, predict. I think going there and just being like, I don't know, but I'm going there eyes wide open is a great, great place to start because yeah, you never know. And people can surprise you in really wonderful and really terrible ways. And, uh, so to, I mean, even when we talk about agency for ourselves, like let other people surprise you with who they are, you know, in as much as your personality will shine and will make people fall in love with you and make people think like, wow, gosh, he's so wonderful. Why do we ever give him up? You know, but like, I think there is like, there, you know, giving agency to someone, right. And not just being like setting yourself up and be like, oh yeah, you're going to be like this, you know? Yeah. I think that's really important. So I think just going, I mean, going eyes wide open is a great, great, uh, headspace to be in uh, and I think it's a great way to prepare not just yourself but your family you know and right. e- even uh, you know your sister and her family and having those conversations be like yo this is this is where I'm at right now and um, yeah I think that's a really really lovely simply said hard difficultly executed <laughs> place to be so yeah. and at the end of the day you always have your new friends here at the John G show where we will, we heartily accept you and, and who Thank you, you heartily. are and for who you are. And I say that because I really appreciate, you know, everything that you shared in your story. I feel like I resonate with a lot of it, but really resonate with what you're saying here at the end that you're going into Korea and going into this new, this new part of your journey and really, you know, just wanting to be accepted for who you are. And I think that's something that I've struggled with and have always sought and have always yearned to have no matter where I've been at. And that's a byproduct of my adoption and growing up in a community that didn't look like me. And I think that I just, just wanted to say, I really resonate with that. And I appreciate you sharing all that you shared with us. And, um, yeah, that's it. And he's going to sleep on your floor when he comes to visit Korea. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to sleep on, yeah, I'm going to sleep on your floor. Uh, I think we'll have an extra bedroom. It's fine. (laughs) Just give me, roll the the mat out. Doesn't even have to be a mat. It's just got to be a a little bit of a, I don't need it. I don't need anything. I can sleep anywhere. Just like a small area rug. (laughs) And they have switches for heat. I always love that. (laughs) All right. Well, anyways, um, speaking of sleeping on the floor, we are going to take a very short break and we're going to hop into a tasty treat. So roll that cue and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the John Chi Show food portion, snack portion, (laughs) tasty eating portion, whatever you want to call it. The tasty eating portion. That's what I'm titling. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to call it tasty eating. That's good. Tasty eating. Because. It's almost always been tasty. There's only been one exception. <laughs> so we there's gotta, some doubt. We, we need to revisit the non-tasty ones. I think we need to be a little bit more respectful. Oh, yeah, people want us to be... Well, okay, you heard it here, that. everyone. We're revisiting the chestnuts. We're revisiting oh, the chestnuts. No. 
I'm down to try it again <laughs> because I do feel like we were we didn't we give it went, enough. We skewered it a little bit too harshly, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about. No, that's not what we're here to talk about. Today we are going to enjoy something I think is. I mean, I find this hard to be not enjoyable. So <laughs> it is an apple cookie made by Chengwu. Uh, it says Grand Shell Premium Cookie, and it just says Apple. So I don't know what what, other, what else. Uh, what can you guys? Uh, is there anything else on the Hangul in the front? That uh, I don't know. Let me pull my cheat out? sheets up, and uh, I'll try to read some of this. Sagwa, <laughs> Sagwa Apple. Yeah, um, Sagwa means Apple. The back says Kudang. Wait, Kudang Swir Kudang Swir. I don't actually. Yeah, know how it's to a weird way of writing shell. That's not how I would have written it. Oh, okay, okay. Shell, swell. Yeah. Interesting. I've yeah. not. That's a weird uh, vowel combination for me. And then the front of it says, "Budron Kuki Soge Dalkomhan Sagwa Jam." So something about cookie, and I'm assuming apple flavor. I don't know what any of the rest of it means. If you would have gave me like 10 minutes, um, I could have translated. We don't have that kind of time, Patrick. With like cheat sheet here. Um, I, I, I was can translate it with the, Google too, Patrick. Fourth, oh. I was on the fourth letter and you had read the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, That's good though. You just got to keep practicing. Yes. I, I'm going to be honest. Uh, hopefully Minju is not listening to this episode, but I have not been practicing. <laughs> oh, Patrick, I'm oh, about to fire I'm you so from the... I'm so sorry. Wow. I'm about to knock you just lights out. I have had a out of here. That, hey, you got to put that record scratch in where he brought that up. You got to send me that sound no, effect. You're going to have to just Google it. I don't know how to do that. What? All right. Ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like Bing. Yeah. You want to no, Bing it's it. like Alta Vista. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I'm here okay, for that. Okay, so uh, this opens really nicely. Yeah, it that was pretty easy opening. Apple. It comes in a yeah. package of 12, so um, plenty... Plenty to eat if you if you like them. Not what I thought the it was going to look like. It's a good size. Yeah, You'll do I, I was feeling it from the out just through the packaging. I did not think it was going to look like this. Hmm. Oh yeah. That oh, looks like filled. an apple pie. It's oh, yeah. I could. Interesting. I can tell you, I'm going to eat the rest of this package. I was about, there's only one cookie in the package, but I think I gave you more than one cookie though. I got three. three. See, I I knew, I knew, I gave you some for your your significant others, and of course, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Man, Rick's got the entire air. box. So, mm, yeah, it kind of reminds me of like the apple flavor reminds me of like a Jolly Rancher. Mm. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. I see where you're coming from. Yep. But like the texture overall. Mm. Is like fig newtony. Yeah, yes. that's yeah, what I was going to say. It's like a circle fig newton, but not yeah. as not as uh, thick. Yeah. I feel like it doesn't really taste like apple. It tastes like watermelon or cherry or something. To me. No, what? it's. I what? think it's like a like an apple Jolly Rancher. Yeah, I'm just like saying. Apple. I'm just saying what it tasted like. Well, sorry. I'm just saying watermelon? you're wrong, Patrick. I'm sure, I won't say you're wrong, but you're wrong. I swear. <laughs> that's what it, honestly, Look, it kind of this is a space where of, we're all allowed to be wrong, but I'm just going to double down and say you're wrong. <laughs> It kind of reminded me of that Maybe whatever we had last time. The watermelon. Oh, the actual watermelon chew. candy? Yeah. That's what it, that's what that taste is tasting like to me. Mm, the fruit okay. sensation. Okay. I'll give you a little bit of that. It's a it's a sugary. Yeah. 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 Fruity you heard it here first, John G. Crew. Yeah. He's giving I'll me give that, you that one. I would <laughs> I when I see apple and think apple, and I'm eating my second one now. Rick's like, um, what are these guys talking about? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I'm I'm just here for the food. Yeah, Yeah, the cookie is good though. The cookie is good. So I gave you three because I knew you'd probably both eat two and you leave one for your spouse. (laughs) No, I'm gonna eat them all. I'm gonna eat all of them. Oh dang. Uh, when she hears this episode when she hears this episode finally it'll be way too long past yeah it'll <laughs> be 12 years later <laughs> too late sorry she'll send you out on an errand to go buy him that's fine these are pretty good I'll buy them again yeah well, I know okay. honestly these are when we get I'm, to that I wonder if there are other flavors so I looked oh, it I up there are and I couldn't flavors. find another flavor specifically <gasps> of this really? one of the, the brand shell brand uh, I can't even. I mean, I had to look up to see what CW meant. It, it means Chung Wu. Yeah, uh, it's just the brand. Yeah, the TV but, channel that has like the Flash and Supergirl and Superman Lois. And yeah, the worst. Yeah, I can't find anything else. Supernatural. Uh, <laughs> what's the other one? River Riverdale. Is that what it's Riverdale, called? Riverdale. Ar- the Ar- uh, Nancy oh, yeah. Drew. That's the Archie one. Um, they, the have one. Har- they have a Hardy Boys show now. I was oh, like, really? What are they doing? Uh, CW coming back with them nostalgia beats. Okay. I guess okay. On, uh, on, on Korean I CW, correct. it's the, the hottie boys. Uh, <laughs> I like it. I stand corrected. There is one other flavor, two other flavors. Sir, you uh, guess what? Can I guess? That one? You can guess one. There's, there's two flavors. Nope. Dang. Strawberry. It's another. Both of them are fruit. Strawberry. Nope. What? I know. Really? Really? Blueberry. No, it's not, uh, interesting. Oh. And okay. here's the one that's confusing uh, wait, to me. Pear? Earl Grey grapefruit. <laughs> what? Earl I know. No. Grey grapefruit. <laughs> yeah, that is really? not what I expected. So. Not in 100 years. Definitely yeah. not the grapefruit part. When you said the Earl Grey, I'm like, didn't we have a choco pie that was like tea but flavored? <laughs> I love Earl Grey tea and I love grapefruit. So I'm totally going to look for that someday. But Interesting. Hmm. Right. Also a hot take, yeah. not a big fan of tea. Wow. Is that weird? Cool. No, I, I mean, Ted, Ted oh, Lasso man. is just like, you know, I just imagine this would taste like dirty dirty water. You know what yeah. it does. I, this, <laughs> this is awful. It's so uncivilized. When in Rome, all right? When in Rome. <laughs> I don't know. These are really good, though. I'm going to try the other ones. So, Rick, what do you think? Scale from one to five. How many apples do you give these cookies? Um, let's say three and a half apples. All right. Can I give a half apple? You can. You can give. You can give us whatever it's kind your world. of We're any decimal you want. Whatever fraction oh, okay. of the apple you whatever want to give. Floating point number. Yeah. Wow. That's. I will admit that's lower than I was thinking. I'm, yeah, I'm going to so go with. Would, I'm going to go with a four point five for me. Really? Don't ask me what I think yeah. you're going to ask me because I don't have an answer. <laughs> why? why, why <laughs> I, I don't have another points. cookie. I don't have another uh, apple cookie to compare it to. Mm. Perhaps if a, I eat another a, apple cookie and it's garbage, then the rating of this cookie goes up. Do you like sweets oh, in general, or yes? Uh, oh, okay. Mostly of the chocolate slash peanut butter variety. <laughs> yeah, there's, my man. Same. There's a drawer Same. of candy in the kitchen. Um, nice. Fortunately, uh, our girl is not uh, old enough to walk, so the fact that it's down low <laughs> is not a problem. I suppose as she gets older, we'll have to move it higher. <laughs> Just and one drawer it. up. One until she, yeah. yeah, until she finally reaches basketball height and be like, then all right, you're in the stop. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I walked into the kitchen today and my daughter's sitting there with a bag of Lay's. So, <laughs> just, yep. Yeah. How do you think out. she got Changes. that bag of Lay's? It was on the counter. She can reach oh, it now. She just reached <laughs> up to the counter. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thought she pulled uh, some chairs Patrick, out. how many apologies do you give this cookie? 
Why am I apologizing? <laughs> well, because um, so actually, this is a fun fact. I don't I don't know the actual Korean, but the Korean for apology and the Korean for apple tagwa. I don't know if it's like a homonym or what, but it's basically the same. And so there's a lot of like puns, like really dumb, like dad joke level puns about tagwa being both apple and apology. So that's why I said, how many apologies do you give it? Get All learned. Right. I am learned now. Um, I'm going to go find some dad jokes now about apples. I knew you were going to say that. It'll all uh, be in Korean, Sakwa. though. So. <laughs> what? Uh, I, sorry, I just looked it up in Papago, and it definitely is Sagwa. Like, they're both Sagwa. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's a homonym. You have to go uh, back into the, the Chinese. The Hanja. Hanja. Fantastic. Um, I give it, I'm, going, I'm giving it four apologies. Um, four apologies. Four apologies. I think... I don't know what that other apology would come from. What would bring it? What would make me give a fifth? But this is pretty good. This doesn't strike you as like a perfect product. I mean, if it was chocolate in the middle, mm. I would 100% give it a five. Okay, here's a question though. Do you think, based on how Koreans historically the snack, the snack uh, makers of Korea that we've tried, do you think that they would do chocolate well for something like this? Uh, I think it would be super thin, like a thin. A really thin strip of chocolate, <laughs> like processed chocolate. Like I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. Like a flat, thin. Every time we have chocolate, it's just minimal. It's the minimal yeah. amount of chocolate. Ninety-nine percent cookie, one percent yeah. chocolate. You have like a, a wafer. We've done a wafer one, and there was chocolate in it, but the it was just basically just wafer <laughs> with like chocolate flecks on it. It should have been. So I think that they would probably do chocolate at the at the most minimal amount. All right. So, do you think that your the apple cookie versus the chocolate cookie that you just imagined? Do you think that the chocolate cookie would still be better than? The oh, hundred percent! Wow, apples. I mean, who am I, Johnny Appleseed? I don't want no apples. Give me that chocolate. I mean, maybe. I don't but know now your you're comparing apples to chocolate instead of apples to apples. Well, it's, it's more kinda, like apples to oranges. That's not how the cliche goes. <laughs> yeah, it's comparing oranges to pears. I don't. Don't make the apple cookie something it's not. All right. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> How many? Bringing it home. Uh, I'm going to give this, I think I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five cookies. I think okay. it's really, really good. Yeah. Uh, it actually was long enough between eating the first two that I went ahead and ate the third one before giving it the <laughs> Oh, you already ate them all. Oh, I still have I two of my other yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, no. Sarah. I still um, got my other two. Can you believe it? It's okay. I'll... It's the same thing. She won't hear this until like by the time <laughs> we're like deep into year three. At yeah. that point, I'll just buy her some. Next time, I'm going to send you four. Uh, <laughs> so you can eat four. Um, yeah, no, exactly. I, I, think these are, I think these are really good. I think the only thing that would take it up a level is a, probably a different flavor, not chocolate, but like another one that Koreans could do well. Earl like Grey I, grapefruit? I don't know. Nah, that sounds weird to me. I, I, I wonder that. if it isn't like a strawberry cream kind of thing. Ooh, that, I could just that, eat that, strawberry. Like, I that they could do, do really well. I also think, and maybe this is because I just recently had a crumble cookie, but I think that like a little bit of like icing drizzle might like help elevate the cookie crumble cookies um oh. have you had a crumble cookie oh i've had way too many <laughs> My, what's a crumble I, cookie uh, it's, it's a the, type of cookie we'll get into a, it on a solo yeah. it's fine. okay uh, <laughs> it's it's a straight trip to diabetes is what it is <laughs> i mean it's a trip i will gladly take um but yeah, so it was. I, I think it was really good. There are some some ways that would appease my more American sensibilities. Overall, it's really delicious. So four and a half out of five. I'm suddenly self conscious yeah. about my rating. 
No, man, you live <laughs> no, your life. Not at all. Yeah. Usually we're a we're little bit more. We're not judging you. We're judging the, the cookies. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely not a judgment on you. Definitely a judgment on these just okay cookies. <laughs> I mean, okay. decently pretty, pretty good. Pretty I think good. we all gave pretty, pretty good, good yeah. ratings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say good job, Chung Wu. All right. Well, that has been Chung Wu's Apple Cookies. I don't know what the other label was. So I don't have the box. Nathan can fill us in later. Ranchell. Um, and. It's also coming to a close of our incredible conversation with Rick. Rick, thank you so much again for mm-hmm. sharing all of your story, a very poignant story, and uh, for getting vulnerable here with us on the show. Um, if people want to connect with you and learn and follow along more of your journey and maybe watch uh, some of your videos, um, where can they find you at? Uh, I am uh, Blazin Says on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, and uh, Hidden Hangugin on YouTube. Definitely go Is check those out. Hidden oh. Hangugin, like hidden Korean person? Yes. Am I thinking about that right? Okay. Yes. In my in my mind, seeing it Romanized, I was like, oh, this is Japanese. But I was like, wait, I'm thinking how to can not. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> something very different. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, a double entendre. Um, it's because I'm, I don't appear to be Korean. Uh, and also... Um, my journey unearthing the hidden Korean person inside of me. Ooh, uh, Tomo got layers. Nice. <laughs> He's That's like an ogre of, in that uh, sense. Song, I would think too. <laughs> I think there's something in there. What hidden Hamukin? Yeah. Okay. I think we. I think there's something there. Uh, right. We can't steal it from Rick though. He beat me to dibs. it. He beat me to it. He's called the dibs. We'll deal. We'll deal with the legalities later. It's All fine. right, but until we deal with those legalities, you can also find us anywhere on social media at John Chi Show. Please go to our, or you can go to our website to support us in multiple different ways. JohnChiShow.com. Uh, you can also contact us, sending us an email to JohnChiShow at JustLikeMedia.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at nine seven two six seven seven eighty eight sixty seven. We're just saying we're available, okay? If you just, we just, we just want to talk. We just want to be friends with you. So please be friends with us. Yeah, just <laughs> be friends with us. It's not a, it's not, it's not a demand. It's not it's weird just unless you make it weird. You know? Yeah. Just growl a little more, guys. Uh, you can find me and Noak on Instagram. Uh, Nathan's coming in with those cool dad vibes. Whatever, <laughs> dude. Whatever, dad, dude. <laughs> you can find me at Patrick of the World on Instagram. <laughs> and I am at KJ Rilke, wherever I want to be found. This is a real polished outro. This is a real Rick. polished outro. Rick, thank you so much again. Best of luck to you as you make your move here to Korea. I know it's in a few months now, but uh, hopefully we'll have some more conversations uh, before then and even after then, even after yeah. then, because we're going to continue to be friends. Um, but until then and until next time, we will see y'all next week. Jachi Bye. <laughs>